KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Glad you're with us as we talk the world of sports for the next couple of hours with you. Lots to get to, lots of fun made uh, had yesterday, no doubt about that. We'll get into some of it, and I've got a feeling, Trent Condon, that there are a lot of Iowans who dip their toe into sports wagering, certainly legally for the first time in our state. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a uh, a little lesson yesterday that sports wagering, isn't it fun when you're up three runs and you look like you're home free and it's the bottom of the ninth inning? Because I have to imagine, and we're not going to spend all day talking about it, but it was a really cool event yesterday. It was. You had a ball, dude. Oh, I couldn't have wiped the smile off yeah, my face. No, you didn't. We look up. I'm doing. I'm doing uh, the fanatics yesterday. I don't know what time it was. Quarter to six or whatever at five thirty, and there you are, still walking around, <laughs> looking at your tickets. Yeah, yep. Uh, but uh, a fun time was had by all, and uh, thank you to Prairie Meadows and and everybody on the staff here. I thought they, um, everybody, uh, you know, from the people that set it up and John Sellers and Andrew Downs and uh, everybody back here that produced it. And all the shows being out there, I think every. I'm not speaking for everybody, but I have a feeling today I could. I think everybody had a really good time. You know, one of the great things I, I think about this station is it's four local shows and five local shows with the Saturday morning pregame now, and it's five completely different perspectives. Mm-hmm. It's different ways. You and I are the hardcore sports wagering guys. You've known it for decades. I've done it illegally for decades, and now get to do it on the legal sense. So. We have that perspective. There's people that know about it, that understand it, but look at it in different ways. And you know, talking to Ross for a while yesterday and just some nuts and bolts kind of things that he knows about it. He knows of it. He's He can get it, but the little nuanced parts of it. And then the people like Chris that actually has gambled in the past and, and knows it well. And just so many different perspectives and different ways to look at it. I, it was so much fun. It was great just talking to people. Thanks to everybody that stopped by. Yeah. And if you see me out there... In the coming weeks and months, and I'm sure you will, come <laughs> say think? hi to me. <laughs> yeah. Come say hi to me because it's just, I love that environment. That environment to me, the sports side of it, trying to find the right angle, fi- trying to put together a parlay, whatever it is, make a couple of bucks, have some fun. It, I don't have to have a VIP lounge. I don't have to have a couch that I'm sitting there with, with a cold one next to me. Just give me, give a, me a window and a table That's, and a chair and you're perfectly content. I am absolutely perfect and it was perfect for me. It was one of the most fun days I've ever had in this business and there's lots of fun days. Yeah, this one's right near the top for me too and I know latest is always the greatest and we're mm-hmm. probably forgetting some. By the way, you mentioned Chris. Congratulations to Chris and his yes. wife Ashley as they welcomed their second daughter, uh, Elise, uh, to the world yesterday, which is the reason I was sitting in on the Fanatics uh-huh. and uh, until Chris and uh, Ashley decided to go public with their uh, with their news. We decided to let them make the, make the, have their probably moment. a good call. Absolutely a good call. So just, it was um, that was the reason I was in yesterday uh, for Chris. Uh, Chris and Ashley welcomed their second child to the world, and congratulations to them. And you're next. You and Tara yeah. are next. By the way, yes. I thought of a perfect name for your son, and I don't think that it's been uttered yet. Oh, really? And I think you know what? I think you're going to go home today, and you're going to say, you know what, Tara. I think we need to put this one on the list. Okay. All right. Where are you going? Cash Condon. Cash. I 
like it. How about that, right? I, that's a real good that's one. That's a good I mean, there's Cash's. There's a yes, lot. I know yeah. I know people with mm-hmm. the, and it's not a nickname. Their nope. name is Cash. It's a strong name. Absolutely. I, I like that. I'll bring that one home. I, I don't blame you We're one bit. We're putting it on the list. The list list has some Parlay issues Condon. right Condon. Par- parlay. <laughs> yeah. That's Teaser. never going to get off the ground. No, I don't think so. No, but Cash Condon. William Hill. William Hill. You Could know, go that they, way. They actually might pay if you're <laughs> right. willing to do exactly. that. Exactly. Which might, yeah. Well, you know what? Bill Condon, William Condon, yeah. William Hill Condon. My great, my great uncle some... Bill was Bill. So yeah, we, we can go that direction. I like cash. That's cash a good Condon. one. I'm I'm putting that on the list right now. In fact, I'm putting it in my phone so I remember to tell Tara tonight. I got a new name for the I list. I don't know what I was thinking of. Um, but it just popped out into my head for no apparent reason. So, anyways, um, coming up on the program, we're going to uh, talk Iowa State. We're going to talk Iowa. Uh, Dylan Montz is going to give us the latest. I know they had the uh, at least a Haycock this week. I'm not sure what other uh, coordinators or assistant coaches they've had, but we've kind of fallen behind a little bit uh, with that. Uh, so we'll get the latest from Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune, likewise with Tom Caker HawkeyeReport.com. When's the 20th? What's today? 16th? Today so, is the 16th, yes. So Tuesday is the 20th? Yes, because the 21st is when we go in to bring there in you Cash go. Condon. So, <laughs> I like it. Got a grace, got a ring to it, it does, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, so on the twentieth, that's when the Big Ten Network is in Iowa City. Am I right? You're right, and they're also the in local Lincoln. media. Oh, will, the local media will also have availability that day with uh, assistant coaches. I think, and maybe oh, a couple good. others. So they're they're putting that right after practice. The local media will also get them, and then of course that evening we'll get to see the Hawkeyes and yes. what BCN sees. No, I love that show, Trent. Mm-hmm. It's appointment TV because that's our only access. You know, if you didn't get to Kids Day. Uh, that's the only, truly, the only time you get to watch even a, uh, you know, any partial practice. Right there, you just don't get that access. Big Ten Network does, uh, and that's one of the uh, many reasons that uh, that this network has really got a foothold. Did you see? By the way, this is neither here nor there. Was it? Oh God, I can picture. It wasn't Stuart Mandel, but it was a college football writer. Was it, are you talking about Matthew Hayes? Yes. Yes. Matt Hayes, former of the yes. Sporting News for a long time. He was. And now Bleach Report? I believe it's Bleach Report because yeah. I clicked on his bio to see where he was at. Yep. And he t- wanted to take uh, to take up his cap or to tip his cap to the movers and shakers behind the SEC network mm-hmm. and the visionaries that they were for getting this to television. It's like, if you've been living under a rock, you've been covering college football, this is what you do for a living. How could you miss what Delaney and company and Mark Silverman and everybody that went before the SEC Network did to make the SEC Network a whole lot easier of a sell? And not only did it, but did it seven years previous right. to when the SEC Network launched. This and everybody something... thought they were nuts. Yes, where one or two years they were all kind of in the same ballpark. And, and it was SEC... a race to be first. Yeah. And the SEC did it better. Right. Though, though they might not have been first. It's not seven years. Yes. Seven years gap here at the Visionaries at the SEC. Now, Matt Hayes is from Florida. Oh, is that where he's based? Maybe a little yeah. SEC tilt to him down there, Maybe you would guess. So. But come on. And, and then, not only to put out that tweet, but then coupled with when people started to call him out on it. And Dave Repson in particular. Yeah. And he doubled down. And he went, well. Oh, I didn't see that. I oh, never yeah. went back. And, and then, he, then he went a little bit deeper and continued to dig the quit hole. Quit while you're behind, Matt. Right, yes. Right? I should have I thought of that, yes. The SEC did it well, and I think better than the big. You can make that argument. That's sure. fine, but come on. Yeah. And then no, no. Well, well, this this is why they're visionaries. Now, no, come on. Yeah, no, you're quit. Well, you're behind. 
uh, and, and they clearly were. Hey, some news high school-wise, and I know high school sports moves your needle mm-hmm. in your uh, – uh, I think that what you bring high school-wise to the station is uh, – Look, the guys on Friday night do a terrific job, yes. but your play-by-play of baseball, basketball, and, and football uh, obviously fills a niche here. And some news made today and some welcome news because uh, for the longest time, I mean, since I don't know how many years it's been since Krogman took the rights and, and parked them over in Chicago on um, well, now what is NBC Sports Chicago, but that is going to change as of when. I didn't read the entire story, but I saw that Channel 17 – within the sound of our voice, mm-hmm. is where you're going to be able to see the games in the Dome. The games, once they get to the well, correct, basketball is yes. yep. going to be available as well. The wrestling has been on public TV? No, nope, nope, that's not. also the same. Gotcha. Yep, part of- so what did what public TV have? The Girls' State Tournament? Girls' State Tournament. Gotcha. Yep, they have everywhere from volleyball to softball, basketball. IPTV has been having that now for the last few years and, and do a real good job with that. But, yeah, people are shut out. If the thing is, in eastern Iowa, it wasn't that big of a deal because basically, and especially the Iowa City, Cedar Rapids area, Quad Cities, Dubuque, all those places, their quote-unquote local sports station was NBC Sports Chicago or Comcast Chicago gotcha. before that. So everybody got it. Mm-hmm. But here in central Iowa, considered our local is Fox Sports Midwest. Right. And unless you have the sports package. Which is the Royals the and the Cardinals. You So don't you don't get, get Fox Sports North on a... That, on your basic package, is that right? That's so not, I buy. I got all the foxes, so I don't know the yeah, answer. And I have the same thing that, yeah. that that does. But yeah, if you just have the basic, say me, say of MediaCom, right? And you get just the basic package with the normal TNT, TBS, you know, mm-hmm. all those channels, and your one sports package that comes along with it is Fox Sports Midwest. That's the one. I don't know the reason behind that. I mean, is it something that MediaCom could complain about? Is it something that is just dictated by... Yeah, that they're force-fed? Right. If it, a national uh, entity? I I really don't know the answer no, to that. Nor do I. Maybe next time we talk to with Pat Hurley or right. something, we can, we can ask that question. Because I've always wondered, especially in this market, Southern Iowa makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I completely get that. But here, because of the affiliation with the Cubs, you would think they'd at least want to have that phone call and, and make that because the Cubs are still the most important Baseball, team. and then that station also carries the Bulls, and they carry mm-hmm. the Blackhawks a right. lot of games. So you get a lot more uh-huh. coupled with, it and because, the White Sox. Yeah, you get the Blues, and that's it. There's the no Blues, NBA team. the Cardinals, and the Royals. Uh, yeah, you no NBA team in either no. city. Uh-uh. Oh, and yeah, you, and while you go up north, you get the T Wolves. Yeah, um, it's interesting. It is interesting. I'm not sure what's behind that, but um, you know, we're both Direct TV customers, and we have it all. So. Uh, I, I I wasn't aware of those circumstances, but back to my original yep. point. Yeah, long overdue, Trent. It's it's good news. Uh, there was a lot of people that were shut out of seeing their, you know, their grandson or their whatever the yeah. case may be. A lot of a lot of interest. That's where I went to high school. I want to watch the team that you know that I toiled for back mm-hmm. in my senior year, whatever. Uh, now you're going to get that opportunity, and it's going to be it's going to be over the air TV too. It's KDSM channel 17. That's huge. Yes, and for the other parts of the state, looks like it'll be on the digital tier. So. For people that are maybe listening to podcasts or streaming right now, it will be North Iowa, my neck of the woods, the Overflow 47.2 KXLT. Cedar Rapids is the Fox affiliate, but they're dot two, the digital tier. Quad City is a dot 8.3, which is NBC affiliate, I, I think, no over idea. there. Omaha, same thing, and Sioux City. So it'll be digital. If you have direct TV like us, you'd have to get the antenna mm-hmm. to be able to get it that way. But here's, I think, the best component. Not just this, which is unbelievably good, and this is what people have been clamoring for, but all these games also will be available at no-cost streaming. Right. So if 
you you don't you don't want to go out and buy the rabbit ears to get the digital, but you want to watch it. You can watch it on your computer. You can mm-hmm. watch it on your iPad. You can watch it on your phone. You can go that direction too, and you don't have to pay a fee for it. Great no, work. Long overdue. Yes. This is something that it needed to happen. And that'll placate everybody, right? Now, yes. this should make everybody happy. There's yeah. nobody that will. Well, somebody will probably complain that it's not on an actual channel as opposed to the digital tier. But gotcha. Go out. You'll be fine. If you really want to see it, mm-hmm. you can make it happen. And you can make it happen. In no excuse anymore not nope. to be able to see it if you want to see it. You yes. might have to you know, take an extra step, but uh, it's a free step. Which yeah. That hasn't been the case, uh, certainly, uh, for very for the longest time. Anyways, watching football last night. And out of nowhere comes this Raider streaking down the middle of the field. Uh, he's running a uh, running a post pattern, and Mike Glennon with the ball dropped the ball right in his arms, and lo and behold, it's a kid who went to high school, Rico Gafford, right in, here. He played in the CIML. Now he graduated at Dowling and yes. won a state championship at Dowling. Did he not? That he did, uh, but didn't start at Dowling, did he? He was an East kid. He was what a, I thought. East kid and ran track too, didn't he? Yeah, really high level track right. athlete. Just a great. I mean, he was one of the few guys too that you would see for a football anymore, especially here in Central Iowa. You don't see guys that play both offense and defense. He was a guy that played offense and defense. Mm-hmm. They would put him in different packages. At Dowling, he played both ways. He, they they would put together different things. Yeah, because they got some he was, depth at Dowling. He was that kind of athlete, that kind of guy. That now it wasn't every snap or anything right. like that, but. You're going to get him out there, and you're going to use that elite athleticism that he had and find different ways to get him a ball both on offense and then playing cornerback on defense. He was a high-level player and you know, kind of came to the forefront of those guys making the move. He was a high-profile player making a move to Dowling and certainly ruffled some feathers at the time, as you'd yeah, imagine. Yeah, absolutely. The kid that left Southeast Polk. This, yeah, Gavin uh, Williams. Gavin Williams to, mm-hmm. to play there this year has probably ruffled some feathers mm-hmm. likewise. Look, on one hand, I get it. On the other hand, it would be tough to leave personally, right? Yes. And I obviously had no, nowhere near the talent they did. But if that, if I would have in that circumstances, that uh, opportunity would have presented itself, how do you leave your dudes that you played with and yeah. grew up with, right? I mean, I always wrestled with that when he had that. But teach their own. You know, mm-hmm. he thought that that was going to make them better. So be it. I mean, play, he wants state championship. He's not going to do that if he stayed where he started and stayed with his buddies. And he was good enough to have that opportunity. So yeah, you can't kill the kid for doing that. No, he's looking out for what's best for him. Absolutely. And his future. And his future is a Division One athlete mm-hmm. going on to play at the University of Iowa. And he's a running back. I mean, we talk about this NFL terms all the time and just the mileage and how quickly it can turn. I have a feeling, though I've never asked Gavin Williams this, he thinks that he has a chance to one day play in the NFL. I think most every any D1 athlete has that thought. Well, when you're talking about it, and you're running behind an offensive line that isn't going to be the same offensive line at Dowling. Mm-hmm. You're not going to take the same amount of hits. Right. Coupled with, you're not probably going to have the same amount of carries. Right. I mean, he might only average 10, 12 carries gonna, a game. He was going to be the bell cow, was he not? <laughs> right. And at Southeast Polk, he's going to average 20, 30 carries I wonder how many times Jeff Woody carried the ball in his, in his career <laughs> oh, at Southeast yeah. Polk, right? Because he played three years yes. at that, that what, fullback position. He was a workhorse. Yeah. And he probably had 300 carries a year, you'd have yeah. to guess. You know, I was anchoring the football Friday, the Friday night show at that time, and mm-hmm. it always blew me away because for whatever reason, uh, our correspondent would would seek out Woody because he knew that, you know, whatever. He was so good as a high school kid yeah. on the air with us, right? And he's still to this day, um, you know, he's just easy to talk to mm-hmm. uh, and, and comes across, and I don't know him well. Like we know each other. Hey, Ken and Jeff, we never see each other, but... Uh, which isn't often by any means, but um, he was so good on the air yeah. as a high school kid. Some of them just have that. Yeah, and some of them clam up, and you mm-hmm. know, because they're 
you know, yeah. this is the first time probably for a lot of Woody was so good. Yeah, it's it's great when you get those kids, mm-hmm. and he had a great career. I mean, a guy yes. that did a lot of big things in his career at Southeast Spoken at Iowa scored, State. Scored the biggest touchdown maybe in school history at Iowa State. It's Oklahoma State. Yeah, Friday night of the championship game. Yes. Uh, 4A. Who won it that year? Do you remember? Probably Dolly. Probably Dolly. What was you it, know who called the game that? Well, you know who called the game for KXNO that night? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> You've told me this before. I have no idea what they paid him because it, they had... Uh, they had the the corner office had to make it worth Jimmy B's while oh, sure. to get the Jimmy B who called Michael Jordan's first basketball game. He'll he tell you that to this day. And you know what? Good for him. He should. He, yes, it's Michael That's Jordan. A badge, badge of honor. Absolutely was. Uh, and he also peed in Wilt Chamberlain's toilet. And he tells that story every chance <laughs> he gets too. Uh, but yeah, Jimmy B did the um, and Joe Quinn did the championship game. Yeah. And I don't remember who it was, but um, yeah, that was Oklahoma State, and that was Jeff Woody that uh, that Friday night. And then the um, Sweet Caroline was raining down, mm-hmm. and uh, you couldn't find a place on the field by the looks of things as the stands emptied out uh, quite a night at Iowa State. And there's going to be some more big nights, I have a feeling, going yeah, forward with too. Iowa State. It's uh, a football program. I mean, you think of that moment and the importance and just another step. Mm-hmm. Paul Rhodes, it didn't go the way that people wanted it to. It, it, yeah, you had a lot of people rooting for him. Yes, that local guy, that yep. local connection, all those different things. And it just, for whatever reason, he can never get over the hump. They've got past the hump already with Matt Campbell. And big things are in store. And you can wager on it. <laughs> it's crazy. I did make, a, of course, I showed you my first bet, the Bears. The bet Bears, yesterday. yeah. yeah, yeah. How did you do yesterday, by the way? Did you cash the ticket? I didn't. I had uh, one other just baseball ticket. I put together a parlay. The over on the first five innings for the Twins Rangers last well, night. Well, that was a laugher. What was the number? Because six was, and a half. Oh, you're home free after what two innings? Yeah, flew over. I got lucky with the walk off from the Phillies because mm-hmm. I had the over in that one nine and a half. So you needed the grand slam. I needed that to to hit that one. My other one, as I was waiting throughout the night and watching, and when the cut ins on MLB Network last night, the A's and the Astros. Was what? the game in Oakland? It was in Oakland. Late night, I'm like, all right, this will be something to watch. And I hit the first two legs, and here we go. you've got a rooting interest. Yes, this is going to be great. And you got Aaron Sanchez on the mound, your guy from mm-hmm. Toronto, who had been awful this year. Until, until he, he got, got there. Until he got there, and he was awful again last was night. He, the, he gave up three homers, and yeah. he just leaving stuff over the plate. It was it was ugly. They fell. They came back, but fell 6-5, I think, was mm-hmm. the final. So uh, it was fun, though. And I got a lot of entertainment out of that $5 bet. A lot more than I would have of not having anything. That's all it is. An entertainment. And you were tax. able to walk up to the counter and play it yourself. So going to be interesting. Um, I'm sure they're doing signups today at Prairie yes. Meadows, and they will today. And the, tomorrow, the uh, KXNO pregame show, Sean Roberts, Emery Song, will be live in the same spot we were from 8 to 10 tomorrow morning. My other one, I, n- I took another future, Nebraska. You took you bet Nebraska as you bet the under? Eight and a half. Eight and a half with plus money, plus 110. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I jumped against your Cornhuskers. My cor- I'm my gophers. Oh yeah, I'm on the I, gopher, I you're a gopher this year. A gopher this year. I'm a gopher this year, indeed. Eight and a half. Yeah, at eight, stay away. Yeah. Eight and a half. Yeah. Are they a nine and three team? I just, that's what they have to be for you to lose your bet. I can't. That defense and that offensive line has to be a lot more physical. I know the schedule sets up well, mm-hmm. but nine and three, I can buy eight and four. So what? And, and here's here, obviously when you bet those futures. Well, I shouldn't say that because you want to your ticket to you want to win your bet. Mm-hmm. You know, with a couple of weeks left in the season to take the pressure off. But 
What if it comes down to Black Friday? Oh, that would very just well elevate it even yes. more so, right? Maybe a division title on mm. the line for both teams and my bet on top of it. That'd be outstanding. Yes. So speaking of, uh, so I was, I was, you know, I did the Fanatics yesterday. Mm-hmm. We had Nick Bogdanovich, the uh, line maker. Uh, I think they, William Hill calls him director of trading. Uh, he's also known as director of the risk, um, risk manager, yep. VP of risk. That's what Jason Symbol did uh, for us when he would join us. Um, we, we were having our conversation. I said to him at one point, I said, you know, as you well know, uh, the day after the Super Bowl, you can bet next year's Super Bowl, AFC versus NFC. Now, they don't say the teams. Mm-hmm. They just do conference versus conference. And if you're in Vegas on the Monday after the Super Bowl and you want a better future, you can actually bet the Super Bowl, not knowing what team's going to represent either conference. I said to him, Nick, you know, this um, our Super Bowl <laughs> is the Seahawks game each and every year. Have you guys thought of putting up a line on Iowa, Iowa State 2020, mm-hmm. uh, maybe as quickly as you would normally do a, the, the Super Bowl line. He's, the guy sat back in his chair and he said, you know, that's a really good idea. So um, you're going to be able to bet Cyhawk 2020 at Kinnick Stadium the day after the 2019 game uh, is in the books. How about that, that is awesome. So we won't have to speculate on what the line's going to no, be, right? No, we'll have What's, it right is, away. Is Iowa going to be favored by more than a touchdown? Whatever that, you know, well, we're going to know. It's it's going to be up on the board. Dylan Monts is going to be up on the show. He's coming next. Tom Kakert, 1045. We'll get the latest on Iowa State and Iowa. Uh, Bama Bob's going to join us at 1115. Speaking of point spreads, it's Friday. That means our friends at Claxons are going to make it possible for us. Did you crack Claxons last week? I did, yeah. Just called the winners actually this morning as we got back in. It was Brian won it. He went 3-1 and one last week. Okay. Also going 3-1 and one was Shane, but the tiebreaker. What was the tiebreaker last week? Uh, total oh, passing yards. yards for and um, for Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater, yes. And it flew over. Yeah. Everybody's uh, guess. 97, uh, 87 was the number that Brian had. 70 was what Shane had. And gotcha. it was 140 some, I want to say. 36 or something yeah, like right, that. Close right, to a buck 40. Right in that range. So uh, our tiebreaker this week is a fun one, I think. Yeah, I do too. Uh, we'll get to that uh, coming up. Uh, yeah, well, I think we've got some. Well, he's got football being played. We Preseason, do. but it's football. Uh, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Uh, we'll have uh, Dylan Montz next. Tom Caker, 1045. Uh, Iowa State conversation on Miller and Condon. It's 25 minutes after the hour, 10 o'clock. You're listening to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Here you're 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you until noon. Tom Kaker at HawkeyeReport.com, 15 minutes or so. Bama Bob in 45 minutes. Trent, Bama, and I will go around college football. And then in an hour and 15, we will give away some barbecue from our friends at Claxons uh, in Altoona. Right now, let's talk Iowa State, shall we? Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune. Dylan, Trent, and Ken, how was your week, sir? Pretty good, guys. I just uh, got out to the fair yesterday for the first time, and uh, I always like to get out and walk around, so that was good. And um, yeah, I've just been pre-writing a lot of a lot of football stuff, so uh, a, lot, a lot coming down the pipeline. Dylan, were you a farm kid growing up in Eastern Iowa, or were you a city kid? I grew up on a farm, uh, so my dad uh, he farmed uh, the ground until I was about eight. Okay, uh, so I, I would get out and ride with him in, in the tractor and combine <laughs> and stuff, but I, I wouldn't say like I'm a true farm kid. No milk and cows, anything like that. No, no, no livestock on the farm, just um, you know, corn and, and grain. Street craps. All right. So, so uh, the farm, the fair experience. I don't know. I've always wondered that. You know, people that 
grow up on have a farm? That they kind do of back- the- How they do the fair has got to be a little bit different. You're, you're kind of a middleman, I guess, Dylan. Yeah, no, I, I am. I, I, like I said, I can't get in one camp, uh, hmm. you know, fully. So, but I, I like to get out. Um, I like to go walk around the livestock barns. I like to um, check out the 4-H projects. Um, you know, I certainly like to try all the food and stuff. So I, I like to get a little bit of everything in when I'm at the fair, and I can certainly appreciate it given the background because I went to school with a lot of true farm kids and um, grew up in a, a pretty small town and rural community. So it's it's a big part of my past, but not uh, directly that I was uh, working on it per se. Well, the here and now of uh, Iowa State football is a big part of, of your life, Dylan. And I know you spent a lot of time out there this week, and obviously you're going to spend a whole bunch more before this thing comes to an end. Haycock was this week, right? Did you guys have access to him? Yep, we had him and the specialist, and then we had uh, quarterbacks and cornerbacks on Monday. Uh, outstanding. So we got a lot of ground to cover. Let's do John Haycock first. And, you know, his importance to this uh, program is not lost on anybody and just what he's done. As you well know, Dylan, the Big 12 never had that. Uh, there was a rumor once they played some defense, but uh, it turned out it was just to be a rumor. Well, that's not the case anymore. They play some defense and a whole lot of it at Iowa State. Um you know, what, what has he done differently, I guess, to, to make his team in an, in an offensive firepower league? He realized that, you know what, you've got to stop somebody to win some football games. Haycock's been terrific for, uh, for Matt Campbell. Yeah, and he's really kind of had to adapt from what his past was because he did, you know, for the majority of his career, base out of a four-man front. Uh, that was a lot of the talk when the staff first got here that they were going to run a four-two-five defense, which – uh, wasn't the case, um, you know, particularly two years ago. They started running the 3-3 stack uh, type of look, so they had to go to the odd front, which is something that he wasn't quite used to. But they kind of blended a little bit of everybody's backgrounds from the defensive staff. They were really able to kind of make kind of a, you know, the the 3-3 had been used before, obviously, in football. They, they didn't, you know, straight up invent it. But they, they did take a blend of a lot of their past and were able to kind of fit a scheme and, uh, to the personnel that they were able to recruit and some some of the guys they already had on campus. And um, obviously it's, it's kind of confounded um, Big 12 offenses, uh, uh, you know, a good chunk of the time the last couple of years. But the big thing for them is can they find ways to stay ahead of the, stay ahead of the curve. And um, I think that's the biggest task that faces him. But, um, you know, he's he's been kind of an innovator, so I'm sure uh, there will be things that he's he's got cooking. A lot of great offensive minds certainly in this conference, but – the incredible thing is the Patriots looking at what Iowa State has done and how to combat spread offenses. And this is something you figure there's going to be a whole lot of copycats here. You mentioned being in front of the curve. What do you think else? Has he at least given you a glimmer of anything maybe different that they're looking to do on that side of the football this year? Well, his role is kind of interesting because he's been the safeties coach the last three years, but now they brought Matt Capone on board to be the cornerbacks coach and D. Mc. DK McDonald shifted the safety. So John Haycock's a coordinator without a position. Um, so it's kind of given him a lot of time to, um, you know, when they get into individual drills, he can scheme up a little bit more and um, just been able to um, maybe once they get into the season, especially pay more attention to kind of the defense overall and not have to worry about a set of specific guys. So I think that's a big deal for him. And then, um, you know, as far as glimpses, uh, you, you hear things here and there, but I think the biggest thing um, is going to be what Will McDonald looks like or what that Sam linebacker position looks like because that's, that spot has been so key uh, to the defensive effort. And, and a guy like him where he's uh, 6'4", and I think 225 right now, he's a little bit of a tweener where you can play him at defensive end like they did last year or you can play him at linebacker and maybe move him back, back and forth. So you can disguise some looks by going with a four-man front 
um, he can drop back into coverage and play that. And it sounds like he's, he's progressed really well in camp. So I, I think that's maybe one of the biggest things is what does it look like in terms of those, those sorts of wrinkles. And then uh, you can talk about the guys in the back end as well, the, the different ways they can disguise them. So there's a few different things I think that they can do to, to kind of uh, keep one step ahead of their, their counterparts on offense. Have you ever been in a Haycock interview, Dylan, where somebody's asked him uh, what, what big 12 offensive coach gives him um, the, the most trouble trying to figure out what he's doing? I see. I would have thought the answer would have been Cliff Kingsbury and his offense over the last three years, but uh, Texas Tech's going to, I just added it up while you were talking to Trent, uh, combined 53 points in the last three years. And they had Pat Mahomes one of those years which is just remarkable. So I wonder what offensive coach um, causes Haycock to lose sleep in the Big 12. You know, it's an interesting question, I, and I haven't asked him specifically. I would say probably Lincoln Riley probably, yeah. would probably be at the top of the list. Uh, you know, you can maybe throw Mike Gundy in there, too. They, they've been able to score some points the last couple of years. But with, with the playmakers they recruit and the offenses they run, that, that's probably going to be the case. But I think um, particularly with, the quarterbacks that Oklahoma's had the last couple of years, um, that's probably at the top of the list, at least right now. Yeah, so, they had a couple of good, pretty good dudes, did they not? <laughs> no doubt. Hey, Dylan, uh, you mentioned the cornerback position and a chance to talk to the new coach over there. I would say this is probably the biggest question mark of this team, maybe outside of punter, I guess you could throw in that category, but but of the positions offensively and defensively, that's where you go. There's some names that we know, some guys that have least got some reps out there with Detron Yon and Anthony Johnson. How about depth-wise, though? What are they building at the cornerback spot? Yeah, that's that's been one of the biggest questions, I think, for me, uh, along with um, you know the wide receiver and running back to a certain extent and then offensive line, what that group ends up looking like. The, the secondary depth has been the biggest question, certainly for the defense. And I think um, there's a couple names to watch. Uh, Amici Walker uh, is a guy that's come up repeatedly. Uh, he was a redshirt. He's going into his redshirt senior season. Um, he had walked onto the program after playing, I believe, in New Hampshire, uh, and now he's he's kind of worked his way into the rotation and uh, got a scholarship this summer. So uh, I think that's encouraging. And then there's a couple redshirt freshmen uh, to look at with Javion Morton and Tavon Kyle. Uh, both of those guys have been brought up on a few different occasions, and um, you know I think you can throw in Keontae Jones and and guys like that as well. Maybe Richard Bowens, who's gone back and forth between corner and safety, but. Uh, that's kind of the thing. I think they've found bodies uh, to go back there in, in that group, but uh, the unknown is you, you just never seen these guys in, in games for, for extended stretches. So I think that's kind of um, maybe the, the biggest concern is, yeah, maybe there's talent and you, you feel good about what you see in practice, but um, you don't know what you're going to have until you get to games. But there's a few names there that I think um, have at least stood out so far. Uh, Joe Rivera, the punter, you had an opportunity to speak with him. What did you learn? I mean, he, he saw was his only action last year against Drake Dillon? Yeah, as a punter. Right. Um, he was a he holder, was a holder right? on PATs. Yeah. yeah, holder on PATs and field goals uh, for all 13 games. But um, they went to him in the Drake game. Um, just they, they needed uh, a different look uh, there, and he got out there and punted twice and I think one was for, what was it? I think he averaged 38 yards on, on those points. So um, he's a little bit different than Corey Dunn. He, he's a little bit longer. Uh, I think he's 6'2 and maybe 198 pounds. So he's, he's not, um, you know, the, the, you know, widest kid, but he's, uh, he's, he's really long and, and has a good leg um, from, from the look of it. So uh, yeah, it'll be a different look. Uh, I think he does different steps on his punts as well, but um, uh, they feel really good about him. If they were going to lose a guy like Corey Dunn, who did start to mm-hmm. kind of 
make strides a little bit toward the end of the year if the, having a guy like Joe Rivera as the, the backup was was kind of a godsend for him. Refresh my memory. Did, did was there a a field goal that went awry last year that forced him to you know to, to take the ball and run with it to try and pick up a first down or did he? I don't think they did any trickeration out of it, and he, I don't believe he threw a pass. Help me out with that. I, I don't recall that he did. Yeah, I don't think they ran any any sort of fake field goals or, or tricks. There there might have been something on. Uh, he had trouble getting the ball. Was it in the Drake game? Is I don't remember. Yeah, I, I'm having trouble placing it. My memory is is not so good right now. I need to sharpen up. But um, yeah, I, you know, I I think the, the snaps were all good last year from what, what I read with Steve Wartel. So I, it must have been um, a game that he had trouble getting the ball down, and he had to, to try to improvise a little bit. But I don't remember specifically. Dylan, speaking of sharpening up, this is going to be this upcoming week your final without football. What's on the agenda? What are you still working on getting ready for kickoff against you and I? Nothing this weekend? Yeah, nothing this weekend. Um, We'll we'll have uh, Tom Manning and the running backs on Monday. Um, So that's the one position still that we we have not gotten. We'll get them on Monday. And then um, the the next big thing is I'm just putting the finishing touches on um, our Iowa State football special section tab. Um, I'll have four four pretty big stories on on different members of the Iowa State football team on different position groups. Um, so I guess that's the biggest thing is is making sure that's all squared away and ready to go. So uh, I don't know if it'll be out Monday or if it'll be out later in the week, but the print section will be out on August 25th. So that's that's kind of the next big thing um, coming down the lane. Uh, last thing for you, Dylan. Dylan Mons from the Ames Tribune. We'll catch up with him on Monday, and we'll. Uh, some of the stuff we missed, maybe we will go back over and look ahead to the uh, the week that uh, will be. But John Kohler, uh, you know, the, I guess best case scenario is he doesn't throw a pass in his one and only year at Iowa State, right? I mean, Real Mitchell is firmly entrenched as the backup. Purdy's not going anywhere at the top of the depth chart. What's Kohler brought to the team as far as, you know, just being able to relay some of the knowledge to these young kids? I guess, is that his main role, uh, Dylan? Yeah, I think so. I think they kind of looked at it as an opportunity uh, for, to bring him in and be that Kyle Kemp type of voice, mm. uh, even though that was before they knew Kyle Kemp was going to stay on the, the staff as a quality control assistant. But I think it's just having another resource there. Uh, and he didn't play a ton in Oklahoma State, obviously, but having the guy that has been in a, another collegiate program, especially one um, that knows offense as well as Oklahoma State does, just being there for guys like uh, Real Mitchell as a retro freshman and Brock Curry as a true sophomore, um, you know, I think it's invaluable. So having having him back there and uh, is big, and then he gets to reunite with his brother as well. So I think there was mm-hmm. there was a lot of things about it that made sense, and and one that they just didn't want to pass up. Dylan, enjoy your last week. Uh, we will uh, last weekend rather. Uh, we will talk to you on Monday. We'll um, you know recap or look ahead to what you've got coming up as you get the uh, the running backs and coaches and Tom Manning this week. So that should be a fun week uh, before they install the game plan for week number one. Dylan, have a great weekend. Thank you, Dylan Montz. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, guys. Take care. Good to talk to you, Dylan Montz uh, from the Ames Tribune. From the Cyclones to the Hawks, Tom Kakert is next. It's uh, 17 minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock. Miller and Condon till noon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. All right, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you until noon, Claxon's Barbecue Giveaway about an hour from now. Claxon's in Altoona, 3131 8th Street 
in Altoona. Let's get our buddy Tom Cakert in here, HawkeyeReport.com. What do you think, Trent Condon? Did Tom Cakert, for the first time in, uh, well, since it became legal, obviously, yesterday, did he dip his toe into sports yesterday? Well, I know for a fact he did because I saw a picture of him at the sports book oh, yesterday. <laughs> Tom, though, you're a different kind of cat. You're uh, you're not a true degenerate like myself. You wouldn't do the offshore stuff or make the phone call down to the corner bookie. Nothing like that. All legal for Tom Caker, and now you can do it just steps away from your front door. <laughs> Which may be good or the bad. Best thing. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was great. Um went down to the uh, Isle of Capri yesterday. That's nice. uh I think Trey Benos is also William Hill. They right? are, yep. So um that's that's what uh they uh the Isle of Capri also run by the William Hill folks. So I went down there and and uh yeah, placed a placed a couple wagers. Um uh, uh, baseball did not go well for me last <laughs> night. Thanks, uh Bryce Harper, so, um, <laughs> so you know, that's how, that was a brutal beat. Yes, that was yes. A brutal beat last night. And you know what, Tom? <laughs> I, I'm, I look at. I'm not uh, finding any joy in the people that bet the Cubs yesterday, but I just have to think that in the state of Iowa that all of the books had the biggest liability on the Cubs because everybody's going to, not everybody, but you get this. Uh, you can know where I'm coming from. The majority of the people yeah. are betting the Cubs. And to get walked off and to lose the way that they did on the first day sports is wager. 5-1 lead in the night. incredible. And to <laughs> give it up like that. Oh, my, oh, my. Some lessons were learned yesterday, Tom Cakert. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I, I'm curious when they're going to get the, the mobile stuff going. Mm-hmm. But um, um, hopefully that will come sooner rather than, than later because there's a convenient fast there no that question. as well. Tom, did they say anything over there? They said within 24 hours for Android users. Android, yeah, 24 hours and iPhone. I've up heard, to two weeks. Right. Uh, but in Jersey, it took about a week, they said, for that to happen. Mm-hmm. That's what they're hopeful for. Did they say something similar, something different over there in Bettendorf? Um, they didn't really say. I, I, I have an Android, so I'm hoping that maybe uh, mm-hmm. this afternoon I get uh, I get a little notification from them that I can I can start. So that would be great. Fire when um, ready. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one. I um I know when we've launched we as rivals or um, Hawkeye Report when we had an app, just a standalone app that the the uh, Apple platform takes longer to get through that mm. process. Than, than the Android folks do. So that's that's going to be the hang-up for them, I think. Uh, Tom, uh, are you done on sports, Trent? Well, and, and no. you can fire at the Cubs and lose again tonight, so that'll be fun for yeah, you, They're Tom. on the road, so it's kind of like an yeah. easy play, right? right? You bet whoever the home team is. Hey, Tom, um, you know I know that you didn't write the piece. Mark Emmert did. You know what, Tom? I forgot all about the bone crusher. I really had. Kyle I forgot Williams, all about yeah. Kyle Williams. What a really good read yesterday, and it'll be. I guess it's going to be in Sunday's Register. I was told. I think Ross Peterson told me that yesterday. But I know you read it because you uh, you um, you know you commented it on it on Twitter. What a good read! Huh? I'd forgot all about him. Yeah, it, um, you know the he got brought up recently just because um, Rivals did something about like the the highest rated recruits for every school, ah. and they brought they. So Kyle Williams was uh, the bone crusher got uh, got mentioned, and so I kind of started thinking about him because I you know, I think I talked to him probably more than anybody on the network, other than maybe uh, uh, my buddy Edgy Tim in Illinois, um, and I may have talked to him more than than Edgy did. Um, developed a pretty good relationship with him, and and boy, just you know what a waste. 
mm. just sad that uh, I, I always thought that maybe there were some concussion related issues that that um, that we're going to find out about with him uh, eventually, uh, just just because of the drastic change in behavior. Yeah, as I was reading through the Snap, article, boys. exact same thought crossed my mind, and uh, that's something you certainly have to be cognizant about and something to think about. Well, a different linebacker currently at the University of Iowa that left for different reasons, and that's Jade McDonald, a guy that came in, good accolades, good offer list, everything that you'd kind of want in a linebacker, but the move to the four two five, a guy that was banged up last season, didn't get to play uh, during his freshman campaign. He decides to enter the transfer portal. What are you hearing about Jade McDonald? Yeah, I, it, I think uh, I think I was just waiting for some of these linebackers to leave because with the four two five, and honestly, I think they're going to play it way way more than they're going to play the traditional four three. Like uh, you know, maybe one or two games this year that they'll play more snaps than the traditional four three. Um, so it's not going to be a lot. So. And they've got a lot of bodies. They recruit a lot of linebackers over the last couple of years. So there's a lot of young players and, and guys want to play. And, um, you know, uh, for McDonald, uh, Jack Campbell is a kid who's impressed the coaches early on, a freshman. Um, uh, Justin Jacobs has impressed them as well. And he's been on campus for a while. Uh, those guys are jumping equal or past him. So, um, you know, it's just uh, it's going to be a problem for him for playing time, and kids want to play. Yep, no doubt about it. Tom Kakert, HawkeyeReport.com is our guest. Well, Tom, it's uh, it's almost uh, a week ago now, but you had an opportunity to uh, to view practice. I know you got some uh, – Trent uh, informed us, uh, the program earlier that you get an opportunity when the Big Ten Network was in town next week on Tuesday uh, to get some uh, coach availability or coordinator availability. But, you know, as you think back to last Saturday, uh, give us a nugget or two that stuck out to you, Tom. Um, I'm kind of uh, fixated on the backup quarterback race for reasons that go beyond just this, <laughs> beyond this year just because next year um, – we're all going to be talking and writing about the quarterback mm-hmm. race for Iowa. So um, I thought Spencer Petrus uh, looked pretty good and was, he's not Nate's family yet, but um, I, I saw more progress from him. And I think he's just based on snapshot one practice, probably ahead of Peyton Mansell. Um, I was impressed with Torn Young. I this you just kind of get a feeling that, I do too. Um, he's going to have a really big year this year, and just he's just he's running with a different purpose. Then it looks different than everybody else out there. I'll just say that could be a good thing in a big time way. When you uh, look forward at this team and the questions that we've gone through, dating back to the spring and the summer, and you've looked at these guys, and and you always got your moles inside the Fort Kinnick, and you get some information. What concerns you most right now? What, what's the one thing that you're holding off and saying? You know what? I think this team can win nine, ten games this year. What's that holding you back from that right now? Well, it's it's a twelve win team right now, Trent. You know, <laughs> that, right? Well, I've heard from a few people that's the case. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I jokingly said that told somebody as we were leaving the field on Saturday. Yeah, twelve and zero. Let's just hmm. write it now. <laughs> um, concern for me would be um, the 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 depth on the defensive line. And it's going to be a concern for me until I see something in an actual game that convinces me otherwise. And that's no disrespect to Davion Nixon or John Wagner, uh, any of those guys. It's just 
they don't have the comfort level that they would have had a year ago when you can bring AJ Epinesa and Chauncey Colson and you know Cedric Lattimore and Brady Reef off the bench right. <laughs> as your reserves. Yeah. And it's just, it's way different this year. And, and I just, you know, I have memories of 2010 and, and a gassed Adrian Claiborne mm-hmm. chasing Dan Persa around um, mm-hmm. Ryan Field uh, that, uh, that will not lead. <laughs> uh, Tom Kankert, Hawker Report. Well, you mentioned Davion Nixon. What did you what did you see when you uh, uh, watched him last week? But I tell you what, he's a delightful kid. Um, you know, I I didn't know what to expect from him because he really didn't talk a lot during uh, the recruiting process. But boy, for a kid who's you know could face some tough questions and uh, uncomfortable questions, he handled it with a smile. And frankness that uh, that you don't see all the time. So, a credit to him. I I just think he's different than everybody else um, that they have up front, with the exception of probably Epinesa and Golson. He just just so big and athletic, and just different at the defensive tackle. They just don't have guys like they haven't had guys like that. They were natural three hundred pound guys that mm-hmm. can move like him. So uh, he's shaking off some of that rust. I think he can be pretty good. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, uh, I will talk to you next week. Trenton, uh, his wife Tara, giving birth to their son Cash, Cash Condon. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be born on Wednesday. So he may or may not be with us for our conversation, but I look forward to catching up and uh, picking your yeah. brain what you learned on uh, on Tuesday. Sounds great. Always look forward to it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you, Thanks, Tom. Tom. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. We'll come back 11 o'clock hour. Uh, Bama Bob is going to join us. We'll go around college football. I got, uh, I think, five questions or so that I came up with that we'll throw to the boys and we'll opine on those. Claxon's Barbecue giveaway at about 11.45 or thereabouts. Trent and I are with you until noon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.